If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello and welcome back into the Savage Situation podcast. It's your host here, Adam Savage. Good to have you guys here. And we've had such an amazing couple of seasons. We're back with a third season. Now I have a co-host every week, Ian Chambers. And we've got so much coming your way. And we have guests coming on. We're talking about the gaming world as well as, you know, things like online, lifestyle, sport as well. So it kind of encapsulates kind of everything that we like. And we hope you guys enjoy it as well. Now, one thing that's really going to help grow the show and expand to a bigger audience and broaden its horizons is if you guys do leave a review. It's really important important to subscribe and follow to make sure you never miss an episode but reviews are so key to getting us as high up the charts as humanly possible so that everyone can hear our brilliant podcast that you guys obviously a massive part of as well i do make sure to leave a five-star review if you can that'd be amazing with a comment as well and hopefully it'll boost our show to outer space and beyond enjoy this new episode it's a banger if i do say so myself i would say that though but genuinely enjoy Hello there and welcome into a brand new episode of the Savage Situation podcast. On this week's show, Ian has left me. Um, I'm going to miss him awfully. He's my best friend. He doesn't know that. Uh, My confidant, my co-host. But it's okay. Do you know why it's okay? Because I have two guests joining me here on the show. Uh, Brandon Smith, Richard Buckley. Boys, how are we? Uh, It's good to see you here on the show. It's great to be on. Um, Sorry it took so long to to organise between playing a lot of FIFA 22, Adam, um, as you can imagine, uh, time wasn't really uh, available. Um, no, I'm joking. It's good to be here and it's good to chat to you. <laughs> I've seen the podcast before um, and yeah, it's great to be on, mate. So thank you very much. Oh, pleasure. I mean, Rich as well, like you, FIFA 22 came out last week, dude. So it's it's a busy time for you guys, like the brand new game. It's it's an exciting time to be part of the FIFA world. No, it certainly is. I think there's a lot of um, sort of hope uh, as well. I think the last couple of FIFAs, sort of been building blocks with next gen now this is where we want to take steps forward uh, as the community we want to see uh real sort of vast improvements i think for the majority it's been a, a sort of resounding positive uh feedback so far yes there's a few things that need tweaking that's going to get nerfed in, in upcoming patches but i think for the most part there's a, a genuine sort of happiness about the game i mean me personally i'm, I'm really enjoying it i think it's one of the best football simulation games that we've had probably in the last five, six years. Yeah, that, that, you're absolutely right. I think, I think the feeling online, so you, everything is very positive, which for FIFA is actually kind of, it's quite nice to see for once because a lot of times it gets a lot of flack, right? So it's, it's, I mean, we're going to talk all about the, the new game as well because obviously, um, I, you know, it's, it's just dropped as of recording this. It came out literally a week ago. Well, I think the 1st of October was when the, the standard edition comes up because me and Ian were talking about this last week. And there are like three different like launch days. Now it, it's a bit confusing sometimes. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> we, uh, I don't even know we technically got the game, Rich, to be fair. I think we got the sort of ultimate edition, me and Richard. Um, and with our work we do over here, we got to play it a little bit early and, and record content and stream. So yeah, there's like three or four release dates, but the, to be honest, it didn't feel like the 1st of October was the release date because it felt like most keen FIFA players had FIFA days before that in terms of the ultimate edition. So at least we can say the game is officially out now. Everyone's playing it from a casual to a FIFA pro. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. It does feel like right now there's a really good mood in the air. People are enjoying the game. The goalkeepers might be a little bit questionable and these 35-yard <laughs> finesses are a little bit questionable. But um, I'm actually enjoying it. You know, I, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm grinding away at the game and I'm just enjoying improving and learning just more about the game in general. Yeah, I mean, tell me back to when you guys first kind of found FIFA, because I guess that's, obviously, you know, for you guys listening at home as well, who um, might not be familiar with Brandon Rich, you guys are like the, you are you are at the very top of the FIFA casting game. You are like the, the I, would, I would go as far, I'm calling this boys, the biggest FIFA casting duo in the world. Rich, would you disagree? That's very kind of you to say. Um, <laughs> your comment's not mine. Don't your, laugh, your Brandon. Comment's not Don't mine. laugh, it's true. Um, yeah, I mean, the first thing that a lot of people sort of see is that 
I would say we're probably some of the youngest casters in sort of esports in general. Like uh, we we started when we were literally I, I just turned nineteen. Um, went to university in, in Manchester. That's where um, I met Brandon. I always wanted. I, I never even I played loads of games, but I, I never really had a vested interest in esports. I wanted to do radio. That's what I, that's what I went to university right, to do. Um, I wanted to be on Talksport or Five Live. I did community radio back in Barnsley when I was sort of fifteen, sixteen, and then um, I went to Manchester. That's where I met Brandon. He had sort of a vested interest in in esports, and he wanted to go down the football commentary route. So you had sort of these two people who were doing the same course but wanted to do different things, but were still within the same realm. And um, we we started chatting. If if you are really sort of an OG of the 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 sense of the word, um, there's a football podcast that is probably five years old now, which was the first ever thing that we did. It was me, Brandon, and I think the videos are probably still online in his uni kitchen with a few other mates, and um, that was the first <laughs> ever thing we did. And then EA uh, pushed the the commentators' cup. Um, which was their sort of real big push to find new talent. Um, FIFA 17 was the first ever year that EA endorsed esports. It was always FIFA, the organizing body, putting on their own tournaments. And then EA, who obviously pub- published the game, said, we're going to put a lot of money into this and we're going to push this esports scene because this thing is a real potential there. And we, we entered the tournament, the Commentators' Cup. It was the first ever time that I went to London um and it was for this wow. tournament 2017 yeah, so I, I was 19 for you Buckley. 2017. We, we went uh, we ended up winning the tournament um the, this commentators cup and then flew to berlin for sort of the, this opportunity where we got to commentate one match and um from there on on brandon it, it sort of spiraled out of control yeah basically <laughs> to, to to paint the picture to anyone that's that's watching home you know you've got these two lads from university that have literally recorded this audition in my uh, my uni room with a green screen. We both put like blazers on and stuff and like did this audition for two minutes, made it to the final four, somehow made it through to to win that. And as, and as Richard said, the winners got to go to Berlin to basically commentate on at that time, the biggest FIFA esports event that EA have ever run called the Foot Championship Series in Berlin. Winner got $160,000, uh, a player called Rocky got it. And Michelle's came second, the guy who won the recent E-Premier League. Um, but at the time, we got to commentate on one game of FIFA. It was alongside uh, Joe Miller, um, who took us, un- uh, took us under his wing for that game. And I remember just, you know, putting my phone away and, and going and, and, and absolutely, you know, bricking it, to be honest. I was so nervous. At the time, I had like 35,000 live viewers on, on Twitch, which for FIFA was massive back then. You know, I used to get 5, 10K viewers at most. Um and yeah, we, we, we commentated, you know, we gave it our all, we came off and we were like, you know what, I think we did quite well there, like just to ourselves, but didn't think much of it. Went and checked our social medias and like everyone was tweeting and, you know, the, the Twitch chat was actually positive and I genuinely mean this. Like, I'm so, <laughs> That's rare. It's very, rare. very rare. Um, and to be honest with you, that was the moment where we still didn't think much of it. We went to Berlin, we sat back and watched the rest of the tournament and sort of enjoyed it as a fan. Um I was a lifeguard at the time, sort of working six days a week uh, in between university. Rich was at Barnsley back home where he lived at that point because we were sort of in the off-season from uni. And I remember, you know, weeks after this, getting a call um, and it said, you know, Amsterdam. it was like Amsterdam. And I was like, who's calling me from Amsterdam? I answered it and it was Ajax on the phone. And Ajax what? basically said... Who who rings you? I mean, it can't just be Ajax. There's going to be yeah, some yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. It, it, wasn't a, it wasn't, don't worry, it wasn't like Edwin van der Sar in the background. Um, yeah. Patrick Clivers. Yeah. Hello. It was, it was, you know... Want to cover champagne? One of the, yeah, one, yeah. One of the interns, uh, or you know, one of the marketing team at the time. Um, um, and they literally said, uh, what are you doing this weekend? We saw the work you and Richard did. We'd love you to come out to the Johan Cruyff Arena. This is the budget. Are you up for it? And I just remember ringing up Richard straight away and be like, you're free on Saturday? And he's like, yeah. I was like, right, let's get this sorted then. And we literally, um, without going into like huge details, half the budget went on the flights. We didn't book a hotel room. We did an all-nighter just so we could make a little bit of profit. Um, and, you know, those are the days of the actual, you know, the real grind that people don't always see that we think we slept on someone's hotel room's floor. Um, a good friend of ours, Dave, by the way, who was a pro at the time from Wolfsburg and who, now who works with us. To be our agent now. Yeah. Or not. <laughs> <It really laughs> is. 
<laughs> it's all have a full circle. Small world. Seeing you guys passed out on his floor, he thought, I should invest in these books. And then um, they are the future. And then leading on from that, again, you know, still go back to, you know, normal working life. The best thing about that story was, though, Adam, that people don't realise. I was working six days a week as a lifeguard, eight in the morning till five o'clock at night. Um, and my one day off was a Saturday. On that Saturday, I went to Amsterdam, commentated the event. And on Sunday morning at 10 a.m., I was back poolside in England. Like that. Literally, what? That, mate, that, that is, is crazy. That was a seven-day week to remember. Again, continue normal life, and then we get another call, this time from FIFA at the time, because at the time, FIFA and EA were doing their own separate events. You had the FIFA E-World mm. Cup, as it was called, or the FIFA Interactive World Cup. Got an offer to literally go back-to-back to, back to Doha in Qatar, to Los Angeles, and to Munich to commentate on the EU, what? Americas, and the rest of the world FIFA events. And me and Rich were like... Yes, yes, yes. Just sign us up, go. Luckily, still buzzing uh, off his uh, London uh, trip. He's like, we, <laughs> we, yeah. I mean, we literally had the summer of a lifetime. Like, we stayed out in LA for an extra week. But again, you know, I was, I was, you know, I was making the same money as I was lifeguard, and I was like, this is amazing. I'm getting paid to commentate on FIFA and travel around the world, free hotels and stuff. And I was like, this is ridiculous. And you know, it's one of those moments where. I think Rich will probably echo it more like, you know, it's either a hobby or it's, you know, or can we take this, you know, further? I th- yeah, yeah, I think the big sort of thing that I look back on, which I'm surprised we saw, because we also did a couple of like minor tournaments as well throughout that. We did like, um, we went over to Sweden to do the Gothia E Cup, which was like a, a really eye-opening experience doing that tournament. And it was sort of like, we won the tournament, I think it was May 17th, and within eight weeks, like we were commentating on Sky Sports at the FIWC Grand Final, and it was like, this is how quick it turned around for us. And it, it's quite hard, even like to relate because a lot of people, when they're in esports, they have to grind for like five, six, seven years to get opportunities. And I think we were very sort of right place, right time, but. We took. We, we've never said no to anything. Like we've always said, yeah, we'll do it. Yeah, we'll do it. And I think that's the big thing. Like you can either, you either put in so many hours beforehand to get that opportunity, or in our case, we got it and we just we just absolutely smashed it. Like looking back at it, because yeah. I remember when we went to that Berlin event. There was, I mean, I, I, I'd only been at university one year. Like I was. Brandon's a year older than me, so he was a probably... A, I mean, I'm not mature now, but he was a, more mature than me then. And um, I remember going, and there was people like Spencer FC, Spencer Owen, who I, I remember watching, like, all his YouTube videos, Wait, we, and Matt HD Wheel Gamer. of Fuck to yeah. You was, was FIFA king. player. That was so, I love like, that show. Love all, that series. All those people were there, and I, I think before we sort of um, left the hotel that morning... I remember saying to Brandon, we're like, we can either go about this two way. We can either fanboy and be like, this is great opportunity, like get pictures of everybody or we turn it up. We were the best dressed uh, talent there out of everybody. We went shirt, we went blazer. We were like, this is our opportunity and we're going to make a, we're going to make a point. And I remember walking off and just being like proud. Uh, If that would have been the only commentating gig I'd ever got, I'd have been like, I know that we did well. And I yeah. think from that, yeah, as I said, it just spiraled and um, FIFA 17 ended. We sort of, we signed with uh, Digital Sports Management, who we're with still to this day now. And um, as FIFA 18 rolled around, the big question was, are we going to get in with EA? Because all those events were with FIFA or with sort of third-party TOs. We'd not done anything directly with EA Sports, who are sort of i mean they are the big dogs they're the people that you have to get in with and um we we got the opportunity in barcelona which was again a, a massive eye-opening experience it was the biggest fifa tournament that there's ever been uh, i think they peaked at like 175k live concurrent viewers um it Jesus. was their first real huge tournament i think 128 players that was the one that uh dh techs won when he was 16 and um i remember i remember that i remember tech because yeah. tech just exploded onto the scene didn't it that was the first time in my life in general i was still 19 i'd not even turned 20 yet and there was so much positivity because it was like such a great event but then there was so much sort of negativity as well particularly aimed towards myself and brandon as the commentators because it was like we've not even been doing this for a year and we were sort of thrust into this opportunity 
and we were so green like we, we we didn't really know how to look at the cameras properly we didn't know how to even like address the audience only thing we knew how to do was get hyped about the game and commentate the game like all the sort of intricacies we were terrible at. like we just didn't know what we were doing it was it kind of a case of you guys sit in these seats and then just when it's when the when the red light comes on the camera you just do your thing was that kind of like the the gist I, I think there was some obviously there was some obvious feedback there but at the same time i think obviously we've been hired because you know i mean we either put on a great a great act here adam to say that we did know what we were doing but um but, but looking <laughs> looking back it is one of the, it's, it's those things isn't it you know like richard said you know best dressed in berlin i look back at the outfit in berlin i'm like what it was, shocking, was i yeah. wearing yeah. richard's absolutely right like you know back then we're thinking this is amazing but i'm looking back and i'm getting like I'm literally at 120 miles an hour for the whole weekend. I'm surprised my voice left. I wasn't, you know, really pacing myself. You know, that sort mm. of that camera eye contact as a caster or an esports talent, if you haven't mastered it yet, I mean, I'm still learning it now, like, especially from home with this podcast right now. Um, it's such a weird <laughs> thing to do. Like, as Richard said, we're, st- we're staring at a camera that's got 170,000 people down it. Like, it's just one of those yeah. things. It is mad. It is mental. Like, I, I mean, I was, I was very lucky doing a lot of live events when... I'm on the stage and there's there was you know this is pre-covid and there's actually a live audience in the crowd and you think about that many people watching it in person then you have to think about the extension of that is everyone around the world just like as you said like kind of glued into the stream and you think jesus that's a lot of people that are watching my every move right now i think buckley mentioned going into want to go into a kind of sports commentary and work for like work for talk sport and stuff as well when did, was there a was there a moment like an, like an epiphany moment like a eureka like actually esports and gaming and fifa that is our ticket into that world or did you kind of go this is going to be my segue into that later on in life or did you think i actually willing to commit to fifa right now and and, and the game because this is this is i kind of would awesome. say from my pov if i if you could say to me right now adam you can do this for the rest of your life comment over fifa esports i would take that happily because i think and, and again it's a question we always get asked is that are you doing this to get into football are you doing this to get onto sky or something like that and we're like because people some people still you know these are maybe not people our age maybe people a little bit older that just see it as commentating over fifa um you know and the, the stigma that esports attached isn't it? but um for me i just think to get into football and you know as rich said talk sports and and five lives like there's so much climbing to do to get up to there you know we've sort of had this little mm. shortcut in so to speak of you know yes we worked hard yes timing was right um you know where we are commentating on the premier league that's on sky sports we're commentating on ea events that are broadcast on fox sports and espn um you know the three world cup three days live on sky sports football you know and all around the world like amazing broadcast opportunities that you would only dream of to get that sort of um you know reach and exposure so to be honest for me i'd honestly love i love this space because i love how without sounding so cliche is that it just breaks down all these barriers like the the last year we've got to work with england as like england gaming ambassadors with the e-lions and the fifa e-nations cup you know i've got to work with brighton you know manchester city the premier league the champions league like all of these things through gaming we've got to go to a champions league final me and buckley with what literally the best tickets I think I've ever seen, like PlayStation box, we're having steak and like and, and mash in the nice way to put it for dinner, and next to Pirlo <laughs> and Yaya Torre. What? And we're sitting in these seats, and around us we've got Castro over here. We're like, honestly, like it was one of those moments where I was like, Jesus Christ, what have I done to be it? Like, That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I was going to ask you guys, like, you know, about like kind of you know, big moments, like things that have happened. You've kind of gone, I can't believe this. Um, like Brandon, we did that kind of, we did an yeah. event earlier on this summer, didn't we? Like um, the kind of charity event and, and I was hosting you, one of the casters and we had, you know, there was that moment where I had to have that really awkward Ronaldinho, Sergio Ramos interview, which is two of like, the biggest, most prominent footballers in the world. Both can't really speak English. Um, bit awkward, but you think to yourself, this is mad. The next day was Anthony Joshua and Jesse Lingard. Yeah. And you're thinking, this is through FIFA Madness. that this has happened. This isn't through like actual football. Is there, have there been kind of like, obviously you mentioned Perlo, Yaya Torre, these uh, classic like stars, you know, is there anyone that you've really been like, have they been the kind of the pinnacle? Is anybody anyone else you've kind of gone, oh my God, I cannot believe we just rub shoulders with that person. I, I mean, Cal Fraser's right up there. Um, no, um, I, I think <laughs> we, um, you're yeah, you will. We had an opportunity it was 2019 and the e champions league was being hosted in madrid the basically the equivalent to the real life champions league i think the winner got 100k it was a, a quite a big tournament and it was the the first ever e champions league so we flew over there with ea it was done the day before the actual champions league which was liverpool versus spurs 
and EA said, we only have tickets for the eight finalists and two sort of EA delegates to look after the people, the, the competitors. So we went to Madrid with absolutely zero intentions of going to the Champions League final. We might have been able to get a ticket off somebody, one of the sponsors maybe, but mm-hmm. we didn't have any intention of going. The day of the event, the E-Champions League final, this is one day before the actual Champions League final. Brandon gets a, I think you're on LinkedIn, or he gets a message from somebody uh, from an agency who's putting on this PlayStation FC versus PlayStation All-Stars tournament. And it's a football match with Castro, Spencer, um, DJ Mario, loads of content creators. And then there's um, Morientes, Yaya Torre, Paolo, and... um, Louis Garcia. Louis Garcia. They're the four sort of pros who are playing in it. And they said to us, I know it's super short notice, guys. We can't pay you a fee, but we can give you hospitality tickets to the Champions League final. You're like, you know what? It's, forget, it's okay. Well, it's one <laughs> oh, time. We'll take the tickets. Yeah, go, <laughs> go on, on then. Go on. So we, yeah. we said, yeah, we'll do it. And um, we finished the E-Champions League final, went home, slept, and then the morning of, we, um, we sort of started having these chats about the actual... Uh, Champions League final. So we we go, we manage to get tickets, we go to a little meeting beforehand, we go to the Champions League final, we end up in the PlayStation tent. There's a picture of me, Brandon and Yaya Torre, just like arms. Um, they said like, th- there was all the sort of big CEOs of all the uh, publishers that PlayStation are partnered with. There was footballers, there, was, there were so many people in this tent and we were just like, okay, this is this is pretty sick. Like, yeah, like this is really good. Went to the Champions League final. And then the reality here is that the day after, we're commentating this match between the PlayStation FC and the PlayStation All-Stars on the pitch that Liverpool, 12 hours earlier, just lifted the Champions League final and, oh, and the, the trophy. Nice. So we get there. We got to, I think it's like a 4.30, 5 a.m. call time. We get to the stadium. Yeah, it was mad. Bear in mind, yeah, we got it's home like at three like hours sleep. So we had like three we get to the hours stadium sleep. and uh, we start sort of going through everything. It, it gets massively sort of pushed back, not the actual kickoff, but all the they wanted to do loads of pre shoots and they wanted to do loads of B roll. All that gets scrapped. Me and Brandon are just sat in the tunnel, just like waiting. And they go, well, guys, you're just going to go live at quarter, to, at quarter 12. <laughs> what we don't realize is we're pitch side in 35 degree heat and they've not built a roof on this little commentary booth. So, oh, no. look, I'm, I'm pale. I'm from the north. I don't deal with sun well at all. I'm sat there, and this this lady from the production company, I just go, excuse me, can I just borrow your sunglasses for this event? So I'm sat there in, a, in women's sunglasses for this entire event. About halfway through, they go to us, guys, you, like, you, you're starting to burn up. Can we do anything? They bring us over two umbrellas. So for the rest of the game, I'm sat there with an umbrella up and the, with the microphone to my mouth. Brandon sat with the other umbrella. It comes to us on, on a on a full face cam box. We're sat there, umbrellas. Someone, I think it's Chewboy, comes in for an interview and I just have to pass the umbrella over his head. It's all on YouTube. It's hilarious. Oh, I've got to watch so this. Good. Oh my and God. Yeah, the entire event, I was just like, this is... I cannot believe what is happening. <laughs> Just to add on to this as well, like if you don't know at that time in Madrid, it gets hotter. It, midday is meant to be the, the you know the least hottest part. That's when the game kicked off, and it was about twenty eight plus degree heat, and it gets hotter. I've never been in a country where at eight pm yeah. it's its hottest. Like Jeez. it was ridiculous. I don't know why throughout that summer it was ridiculous. <laughs> so we're in literally twelve hours after they won the Champions League access to both sets of changing rooms. So you're literally in the place where Van Dyke was there, you know, humming song on one side, Harry Kane, this goes on, like where these players were literally, you know, either celebrating or, or in disappointment the, the night before. You know, we're walking around rubbing shoulders of Pirlo and, you know, content creators and stuff. Um, but that was just so funny. We were literally live, you know, to be fair, we did an absolute like in our own opinion, I think we we smashed that one, like bearing in mind how all over the shop it was in the nicest way possible you know it was a mental day for the production team so fair play to for making it even happen um but no that was that was probably one of the, the best opportunities we've had um in terms of 
sort of being in this space. Um, and it was just, just, just amazing to be honest. Really, really cool. And you've got a story for life now as well, but I guess you, you, you're spot on, you know, I think when you get, you, know, uh, you go back to that earlier point, you were like, whenever, whenever an opportunity comes your way, you just got to grab it by the horns and just roll with it. Because if you don't do it, somebody else will do it. And that could lead on to something else for them. And you want to make sure that you're kind of at the forefront of, of this at all times. Right. I think, yeah, I think my one bit of advice that I, that I took, and again, one bit of advice that I would give to any casting duo or caster out there is, my mindset in that FIFA 17 year when we were commentating on literally everything and then FIFA 18 was like, let's just work on so many of FIFA events that we can't be ignored. So we're yeah. literally there like everywhere that we can't be ignored. There's like, there's no reason why we should not be booked for a FIFA event because we are literally only casting FIFA esports. We're a duo. You need two commentators for all your FIFA mm-hmm. events. We're at the forefront of it. There's no way that we can be ignored without that sounding really vain. Like it's just, it was just the truth mm-hmm. at the time. It was like, let's just work our ass off be at the forefront. And again, that's another big thing as well. Being a casting duo is really, really special as well. It does give you a lot of value. And yes, we've done a lot of work separately in the last sort of 12 to 60 months because of COVID and different opportunities. Richard's a, you know, a colour commentator, I'm a play-by-play. It's, it's different different roles there. Um, but being a being a duo in esports, it's, it's really powerful as well. If you master a game and you get into a community and you've, you know, you've got good relationships with TOs and stuff, um, it really helps out because you are, you know, as a TO, you're buying into a duo that know how to bounce off each other. You know, they're going to produce you a good commentary mm-hmm. and, you know, they're, they're hopefully overall they're going to do a, a good job for you. So um, those are some of the little points that, that we had, I think, from the get-go. And I think just being a duo and always being seen together as well, you know. Oh, yeah. People might like me more. People might like Richard more. People like might like more, my style. You might like Richard's style. Like, and it's you know it, it's one of them. It's tongue in cheek, and it yeah. um, and it and it really worked out well for us. And you know we're four years into this journey now. We've just seen the new announcements for FIFA twenty two, lot two v two FIFA, maybe less FIFA mm-hmm. events, but a better night's sleep is one of the best and easiest ways to improve your physical and mental health. And it's a heck of a lot easier than all this nonsense. Oh. So even if you throw your New Year's resolutions out the window, you can still put your body on a Nectar mattress and get the healthy sleep you need. Prices start at just $499, and you get $399 in accessories thrown in, plus $100 off, a 365-night home trial, and a forever warranty. Go to Nectarsleep.com and join the over 2 million people who are already sleeping on a Nectar mattress this year. Touchwood we're still going to be involved to to quite a to quite big detail. So for us, we're we're still uh still living the dream at the moment, Touchwood. I'm gonna to stop the podcast for a second here because it's time to absolutely celebrate other friends of ours here on the show that are doing brilliantly. Podcasts are so fun to listen to when you've got a great host like Frankie Ward, globally renowned gaming esports host. Uh, Frankie's been on the show before. She's brilliant. She has a gaming podcast, Save Your Game. It's the Red Bull Gaming Podcast. Um, It's a show that invites the most influential figures in gaming and esports to share their world-class insights into their unbelievable careers. Um, It's a great show. One thing that's really cool as well, every episode so they choose just one game they want to immortalize as their save game it's pretty dope i love that i love a hook and that's a game changer um if you want to hear from some of their guests uh like g2 esports founder and ceo carlos ocelot rodriguez uh there's red bull player and fifa phenomenon for manchester city ryan Pessoa. she's had australian tv presenter and video game critic stephanie hex bendixson and jack etienne the co-founder and ceo of cloud nine as just a few of the guests on the podcast uh they've got some great insights um, some great stories to tell and of course some great games to save uh, check out save your game it's available on apple on spotify all major platforms i'm more than happy to champion a good friend of mine doing fabulous things in the podcast space so viva la frankie and hopefully uh, you guys get a chance to check that out right back to the show i mean for you for you guys as well like with with your careers obviously away from commentating casting you guys i think both stream on facebook what what's that been like obviously i think as of recording this last night we had like the blackout i mean what how mental was that did you were you guys planning on streaming did it affect you at all yeah i mean i was planning on streaming so yeah a bit of context i think um We've both been streaming on Facebook for the last year. And again, that was one of those other opportunities that came, you know, we're not the biggest of streamers, either of us. And we got an opportunity to go exclusive on Facebook for a, you know, for for a year period, which again, when there's a lot more time on your hands, you're stuck at home. Again, it's one of those moments where you sort of just pinch yourself and 
somehow we've got an opportunity mm. to do that. And for me personally, I've always wanted to really give, you know, streaming a go to a, a full-time level and, um, you know, touch with, I've, I've really enjoyed my, my time there. Um, I'm hoping to continue that, but no, absolutely. Yeah. It was a different challenge. Um, something I'm sure Rich will agree on that, that allowed us to fill that sort of time gap and, uh, unfortunately last night was a bit of a shambles in general <laughs> was a bit useless when I was trying to go live to open some packs um, but is it is, is, is gold three gang right that's the thing uh, gold three well, gang. gold two gang gold two gang gold but, two but, gang but, I, but that's gone that's like, gone now because there's no gold two rank in FIFA 22 so oh, I, I, I'm, no, I'm trying to think of a bit of a rebrand at the moment Adam so uh, I, I, don't, oh, I don't know wait. what to do can't, they've, can't, they've, they've done you like that it's unbelievable all, all the effort all these years you've put in for the game and suddenly they just do you over it's, like, it's ridiculous the ranking systems the rivals what's, what's happened I've always been curious about Facebook games as well because obviously twitch and i mean particularly twitch and obviously youtube gaming is one that you know has been back and forth a lot recently a lot of you know streamers and content creators are jumping onto the platform but i've always been interested in facebook gaming because i mean what what in, in just in terms of like the the user interface on there and stuff is it has it been quite was it quite an easy transition to go from like traditional kind of like twitch to facebook gaming is it was it quite an easy um you know movement for you guys i, I think for me personally so i was streaming there um for the last 12 months um as of today i'm i'm gonna be no longer streaming exclusively on facebook um so a little bit of news there for you it's a sad day it's a sad day sad day, but, um, sad day. i think facebook has huge potential it's by far the biggest social media platform i mean we saw yesterday what two billion uh users three billion users maybe something like that um how how is Zuckerberg by the way lost six billion dollars in oh. six hours? Blows my mind. I mean that's yeah. that is mad there's just levels, money. isn't there? There's levels to the there's game. There's levels. He, yeah, he's gone clear. That um, was re-signing me. That's what it is. <laughs> I think from the streamer side of things, I think it's a relatively easy transition from um sort of Twitch where I was before to Facebook. I think for the users, it's more of a sort of um more of a difference because there's no real anonymity to comments. Like you've, you're using your personal uh, page unless you are creating a, a, a sort of a nickname or a page itself. Um, I know that puts off a few people who don't like using their personal Facebook to comment on streams. Um, I think there's a couple of sort of backend tweaks that could be made that will make it a much sort of better viewing experience. Um, I don't think there's a mobile pop-out which I know a lot of people are asking me about in my stream, like, can I speak to people? Can I try and get that sorted? Um, but Facebook, the, the real big positive, whenever I have over the last 12 months had meetings with my agency, liaison things to Facebook or speaking to Facebook directly, it's been, they know that there's issues with the platform and the streaming side of it. And they are trying to, fix everything like they're not sitting back and saying we've got a perfect site or they're not sitting back and sort of kicking the feet up they're working very hard to compete with twitch and i think even youtube are trying really hard to compete with twitch twitch have monopolized the market to such an extent that it's almost second nature if you want to watch a stream you go straight to twitch it's ingrained in his brain at this point i think facebook gaming are trying really really hard to make sort of to change people's perspectives, I think that's the big thing. They need to change perspective first, and then people will start transitioning over. But it's going to take a lot, a lot of a graft to yeah. change yeah. that perspective. I, mean, I mean, obviously, I, I, I presume the game you're always playing on there, guys, is FIFA. Can we, we let, let's can we talk about FIFA 22? Talk about FIFA, like another last kind of couple of seasons that, that the game as well. Like, obviously, the new ones just dropped as well. Um, we talked to, uh, at the beginning of the show about how, you know, kind of so far so good in terms of like, you know, the kind of response has been overwhelmingly positive compared to like, you know, last year we heard, we heard tons about like, you know, scripting this, scripting that, and like the, the things broken and whatnot. And I remember that text had that kind of crazy moment, I think, in one of the finals where like it, got, it should have gone in, but it didn't. What's been, what's been your overall kind of take? from the last kind of couple of seasons of the game in general right? and all the kind of the gripes we may have had and things like have you have you as it as it has it changed a lot and what are you what are you pleased to see has changed i guess is, is a good question as well what's what's different now that was that was not right before yeah i think the one thing from from my pov on fifa is that you're making a game that's for everyone you know it's not a game that's made just for esport like if you really think about it the esports side of it's so small compared to 
every player that plays casually with their mate for a couple of beers on kickoff or, you know, pro clubs every weekend or just casual foot, um, career mode. And then you've got Ultimate Team in their esports as well. So you're trying to make a game that just ticks all these boxes. But I think one thing that's definitely happened in the last couple of years, Ultimate Team and Foot Champions has made the game so much more competitive that's one thing that's happened and I think that's why maybe Twitter and social media has been as more negative than it has more opinionated than it has maybe a little bit more toxic at times um, but as for gameplay itself I think what we've commentated FIFA 17 onwards can't really think back to FIFA 17 too much I mean FIFA 19 was uh, was full of was full of goals a lot of finesses um, FIFA 20 was a lot more stale at a period of time. There was a lot of nil-nils, not that exciting to commentate on. Last year, I think, was back in the better direction in terms of there was a lot more goals to commentate on. I think when you ask pros and, and FIFA fans, it's like, you know, people might moan our game was 8-5, but they'd rather it be 8-5 and full of entertainment and goals. You know, two players really absolutely going hammer, you know, hammer and tong and mm. like, you know, grinding the game compared to those nil-nil. We had like we had events, you know, big events live on stream that were nil-nil and went to penalties. Like no one wants to watch that. And it was, um, you know, from a casting standpoint, trying to find those layers of excitement was was difficult at times. <laughs> yeah. um, but I'll tell you one thing that, that's great is, you know, from being in the inside known here is that, you know, there's a lot of listening that goes on. There's a lot of pros out there as well that do get listened to EA, take on a lot of feedback. But the problem is, and, and this is the problem in my, uh, my point of view, is that you're making a game that's for everyone. It's not a game that's just for an eSport um, and that's always going to be the difficult part. But I definitely think this year, mm -hmm. Touchwood, yes, we're in early days. Um, there's a lot of positive feedback. And it's 2v2 this year as well. Big 2v2 push in FIFA Esports, which if you haven't seen 2v2 FIFA Esports, it's very, very entertaining. There's great reactions and celebrations and, you know, that team cohesion. So um, I'm really looking forward to just seeing how, how this year goes alongside the gameplay yeah. as well. Yeah, just, just jumping on the back of that. I don't think you can ask a FIFA when you've got a game that changes every year um, and it's sort of a yearly cycle, um, I don't think you can ask FIFA pros what their best FIFA is because they'll all just say the one they were the best at. Like, yeah. Oh, the yeah. one that they won <laughs> yeah. the most championships on or won the most money on, that's their favourite one. Um, so I think you've got to look at the casuals. And I think last year there was um, probably more of a drop-off in the back end of the year, but... There was also like more games out as well. Like Warzone was huge. Mm -hmm. um, I think Call of Duty and FIFA have very similar demographics in the people who play. Like it's sort of the the younger console gamers. Like that, mm -hmm. it's a, it's very similar in that demographic. And um, I think when you look at FIFA 22. I think it probably does appeal to more. You've got the aspects of you can score worldies from like 35, 40 yards, but you can't sort of just sprint through people. And I think it is, I said it at the top of the, the top of the podcast, the, it's a really good, in my opinion, football simulation game. Mm -hmm. It might not be the most arcadey game. You might not be scoring loads of goals every game, but the way that the ball moves, the way that like the, the players take shoot at shots, the way that, players swerve in and out and dribble and the defense sits back i really do think that um it, it's going to be a, a good year across the board fifa 20 we all know that was a snooze fest like some of the games that we were watching was were, that the uber defensive one yeah yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, god i remember there was <laughs> one, oh god there was there was one particular game and um it was nil nil throughout the entire match and I, I actually don't think either pro had a shot and it got to the point where we, I think we're in extra time. I wouldn't say I'm less professional that Brand, than Brandon is, but <laughs> I definitely like, I'll just call it as it is. And I was just like, but I, I, th I think I said it on air. I was like, Brandon, both of these players deserve to get eliminated. Like neither of these deserve to win this game. They should just both be knocked out. Like this is just this is just terrible. Like, and I got a bit of flack for that on on social media. Like, how oh, how can you commentate the game like that? I'm just saying it as it is. Like, I, I try and take a little bit from Gary Neville in like his brutal honesty, and then just add my own FIFA twang into it. FIFA 21, I think, for the most part was was relatively good, but it was hampered with the it was all online, and, mm. and that was the real issue. Like, we didn't see a lot of LAN tournaments and we didn't yeah. get to see the culmination of the year and um that was the real sort of disappointing thing with it because it's hard to it's just hard to say who's the best player when it's 
online connection and, and there's latency and you're yeah. not getting a, a legit game between two people sat in the same room. And I think for FIFA 22, fingers crossed, we can go back to LAN events. I think it will be a slow build up to it. Mm-hmm. And um, look, it's a huge sort of um, undertaking and there'll have to be loads of uh, checks done, but hopefully... 2022 yeah. we can start to see some LAN events taking place again it's just a i love the game the thing is I, I i love the game's pieces it is the only game that makes me rage like buggery like i go mad with the rage but at the same time like i don't i never feel i'm not someone who will like like spank money on on um packs i'm not really that kind of person who would do that um uh, do you guys, I mean, do you tend to play it and then just kind of rewards as your kind of main system or do you kind of tend to kind of invest quite a lot as well? So I got asked to uh, to host a tournament this last weekend. Yeah. And it was called the Rush to Glory. Okay. And um, it was a new website called Rush.gg. Check them out because they helped me out this weekend. They gave 15 content creators 360,000 FIFA points each. What? Um, and it was a pack opening tournament. So we all we opened 120k on Friday, 120k on Saturday, 120k on Sunday. And I hosted this. Yeah, if you won the tournament, so for every walkout, you got five points. For every like 88 to 90, you got 10 points. For an icon, you got 100 points and 1,000 pounds to keep. For a hero, you got... Five, uh, 50 points and 500 pounds and the winner got 5k what, so it's literally based on just pack luck just that's luck it. yeah wow that's mad what was what was what was the biggest pull was there anything kind of uh, here, like um, a crazy icon or something spc tips pulled 94 zadan um okay. which was big and then gorilla and a, a other streamer called matt uh foot trading both pulled one to watch ronaldo Okay. So Not yeah, bad. huge pulls. Yeah, that's big. I mean, I mean, for you, for you, you know, the the, I guess, I guess, I, I think back to kind of like, I guess like twenty twenty seventeen ish as well. And I was, I was one of those people who was uh, weirdly obsessed with watching Castro, Rotashaw, all these guys, like Nepenthes, just pulling packs left, right, and center, kind of getting the walkouts and just seeing what kind of what was available. I'm somebody I try every season to not put too much investment into packs at all. I kind of like, if I lose badly, I can walk away and go, well, at least I'm not the mug who spent loads of money on packs. That's the kind of my, my kind of like, that's how, that's, that's why my brain does that. That's how I kind of get away. Like kind of don't rage too heavily. Um, it's still there though, always. Um, but I mean, do you, do you guys feel like you know, that, that kind of the, because FIFA a lot of the time as well, it's got this kind of, it's tainted with kind of this brush of, oh, you know, it, it's paid to win. People are just like chucking money at it. It's like a sponge just for throwing, you know, FIFA points. But isn't that part of like the the actual nature of FIFA that you want to get the best team possible? And to do that reward, sometimes you can't just rely on those rewards. You do have to kind of get packs. I mean, how, how do you guys tend to play it? Do you think that kind of whatever happened back then with creators has changed the game at all? Um, I would say for me, which is again, this year slightly different, but last year I didn't put any FIFA points on the game. Uh, I give away a lot of FIFA points, but I try not to put any on myself because I'm because i I'm a bit like you, Adam. I've got that road to glory excuse that I can just, uh, I can pull that out whenever I want. Always, but I'd say, yeah, there's, there's, that, there's that nature and stigma that, you know, you need to put loads of FIFA points on the game to be a FIFA pro. But on the side of it last year or the year before, I think it was, there was a restriction in place for the first qualifier, which yes, of course, if you put points, you'd have a better chance of having a Ronaldo in your team. But it meant that you couldn't have a stacked team full of icons. You had to use, you know, players that were unfamiliar um, that maybe we saw, you know, as the year went on. And one thing that EA did as well was they changed the restrictions sort of like every month as well. So when they knew that team of the years were coming into the game or, you know, those better players from promos, player of the month, et cetera, they sort of extended the uh, the, the bandwidth of what you could have. So I thought that was quite a nice introduction because it didn't mean mm. you had to go and put, you know, loads on. There were still players that did. And I think, mean, as you said, that's just how they 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 operate they've got teams to support that as well because you know their teams want to make the investment in the right way too so i think there is stuff that's changing there um i also think that you know just opening fifa packs isn't the only way to be a creator now as well on the side of that there's people that are traders and analysts of the game you know just people like me that just do random weekend league challenges that's one thing that i like to do i actually i use i like to use a full (laughs) goalkeeper team for some reason and basically make myself go through hell for a weekend um so that's sort of like i think you are right back in the day packs were, were big they are still now 
but I do think there's other ways that people are being entertained and and, and being yeah. watched. Yeah, I think I think yeah, for me the the interesting thing is that the, the, the meta of the game every year, as you mentioned, we've talked about yeah, defensive one year and attacking the next, and pace was a big thing. I think I think it was it FIFA 19 that pace was everything. One of the FIFAs was pace was like the big the big meta. Is there a, is there a particular f- formation? Is there a particular way of playing the game? Do you think in FIFA 22 that is something to be aware of for players who are kind of getting into the game now as well? Um, I think it's very early doors, but at the moment, uh, the four-two-three-one and the four-three-two-one, uh, both variations of that seem seem relatively good. Um, opening up angles to hit finesse shots, um, players with the finesse shot trait is is really really good at the moment. And also, um, if you are struggling to score inside the box, you want to hit low driven shots. Um, the goalkeepers don't really seem to be that responsive to them. So uh, low drilling shots inside the box seem seem really good as well. I think just going back to what you're saying about sort of uh, FIFA esports in general, I think it's got potentially. I think at the moment FIFA esports is it's painted with sort of a, a brush that if you're not into FIFA, like you don't even consider it as an esport. Mm-hmm. Well, I know some some people don't, um, but in in the grand scheme of things, I'll probably say it's got the the largest potential in terms of the crossover to the mainstream market. Like everybody knows what football is. You know how to, you know, the rules, you know what happens, how people get points. Like for the, for the mainstream audience, watching something like Overwatch or, or Dota or League, you, you might not even, it might take you yeah. three, four hours to understand what's happening. Whereas in, in, in FIFA, the only thing people need to get their heads around, which is something that we find ourselves explaining all the time, is why do both teams have Cristiano Ronaldo? That's the only thing we need to explain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just explain it's a game mode where you can play, play with the best players. Um, so I think in the upcoming years, I think EA and FIFA have the have a real good potential to like push this game into huge into a, a huge, huge uh, landscape. And I really do think that even though right now people might disregard FIFA as an esports title, I think give it a few more years because it's only a very young esports still. Since EA have been pushing it, it's only been four years. This will be the fifth year now. And um, they're still discovering how they want to do qualification, how they want to sort of do prize money and, and things like that. And this year they've gone with the 2v2 angle. I think that is the, the correct yeah. way to do it. Um, you're supporting a team rather than an individual. It's much easier to get behind Man United and be a Man United fan than it is a Scott McTominay fan. And um, that's what people had to do beforehand. So I think the the potential there, it, it, it's, I mean, limitless in all honesty. Yeah. And um, if they play the cards right, I think we could see FIFA Esports as a real sort of top contender. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I completely agree. I think, you know, I mean, at its at its core, at the essence of football, it's teamwork, isn't it? I think working as a team, I think we are working with Fortnite a lot as I've done as well. We, you know, it, it was solos for a very long time and suddenly they switched things up with duos and now it's trios. And that kind of the, the I guess, the di- the dynamics between the players, how that affects the game. Yeah, there's a lot more strategy involved, I think, as well with like, with, you know, more than one player, just my opinion. But I think you've got, you got two of you there that you can play the game very differently. And then I think you've got a lot more ways of kind of counteracting your opponents as well, um, which makes it really exciting. Now, you know, we live in an age as well where there's tons of players. You mentioned like Ryan Pessoa earlier on, who I think plays for Man City, right? Um, we've got like players actually competing now for actual football clubs professionally, which I think is, which is wild. But we've seen a few for the last kind of few years now as well, like games like FIFA. And we saw like during lockdown as well, like e-racing, like formula racing online became huge because you're right. There is this kind of natural knowledge of, oh, that's football. I know that you have to score goals to win that or racing. You have to cross the finish line first to win that comparatively to the likes of, you know, you know, Dota and such, which is super complicated in comparison. Um, hopefully, we're going to see a lot more because I know they've definitely. They've, I think ESPN, like you mentioned, and like the Sky have kind of you know dipped their toe in that kind of thing. So hopefully, we're going to see more of that. But what's what's next for you guys? Like you know, what's what's the what's next on the horizon? What are you what are you hoping is going to happen next uh, in uh, in with FIFA twenty two? Um, well, we're actually depending on when the podcast is uh, is published, Adam. We are actually going to Paris this week, me and Buckley, 
Um, we, oh, let's we go. Do a lot of work. We do a lot of work with uh, with PlayStation, um, and we've sort of become their FIFA their FIFA guys. We had our own podcast with them, and we're going to be doing some FIFA twenty two tips and trick videos out in uh, in in Paris this week. So I'm looking forward to seeing Buckley for the first time in a while, and uh, nice. getting back to doing a little bit of travelling again. So um, that's our next thing coming up, and then following that, I believe we've got. Uh, the FIFA Challenge, which is coming up next month as well, where there's like a celebrity influencer FIFA Esports Pro mix-up happening on EA's channels. Last year, I got 360,000 concurrent at one point, so hopefully this year it might beat that. Um, so there's a couple of bits and bobs happening, but I think the main FIFA yeah. Esports bulk of the season will be next year for us. Um, so we're just going to stay on our toes and, and see what happens over the next nice. couple of months. I mean, I've got one, one last, obviously this is predominantly a, a, podca a podcast all about gaming, not just FIFA. So I'm going to ask you both very quickly, just for one game that you want to champion, this is your opportunity that isn't FIFA related. That's a game that it might've been from your history growing up, a game that kind of stood out for you, be it like a retro old game, like a new game. What game for you do you want to kind of say, I'm a big fan of this and this is the reason why very quickly. Uh, I'll start with you, Buckley. What game What game would you like to celebrate outside of FIFA that you think is absolutely monstrously good? Oh, you throw me on the spot. Um, okay. <laughs> oh. I'd, lo I'd love to say, I'd love to say FIFA Street. FIFA Street. Um, I'd okay. That, that, I'm willing to let that <laughs> one in. I know it's FIFA related. FIFA Street 1 on the, on the PlayStation 2, I think it was, where you, if you beat a team, you got to nick one of their players. That was unbelievable game breakers as well if you had a game break you literally broke someone's leg when the ball hit you um that that was really good um in terms of another esport i would honor though as well is rocket league i mean that's a really good esport yeah. um and one that i wouldn't mind commenting on one day i've got one go on and um tiny little, little bit of backstory um since covid it was i've got the uh, first time i've ever uh got into a serious relationship since covid so um with the game or with a person with a person right and um <laughs> Uh, we so I was seeing her a lot through COVID, whatnot. We're living together now, but she had a Nintendo Switch, mm -hmm. and she was she, she likes gaming and whatnot. And I was like, let's play some games on that. And you, you were saying FIFA is probably the only game that makes you rage. Mario Party, <sighs> that game, game brings out a side of me that I didn't know I had. When somebody <laughs> uses that golden pipe and cheats cheats <laughs> to get to the star and then i'm one space away and that star moves to the other side of the map I, I don't think i actually rage as much ever unless i'm playing mario party so mario party is a game that is is unbelievable and also painful uh, and brings me to tears and um yeah what a game uh, what a game uh, what, i mean i i, I want to say if i remember correctly with nintendo direct recently i think there's like a new updated version coming out soon so, hey, all these new reasons to get ragey all over again, Buckley. I'll, I'll be getting on it, don't worry. Okay, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, fellas, thank you uh, so much for, for taking the time to kind of uh, be here today. I mean, I'll make sure to put all the social details um, for Buckley and Brandon on uh, on the podcast as well. And you guys make sure to uh, follow them both on their illustrious careers in FIFA as they continue to go onwards and upwards from here. Uh, fellas, all the best for the future with FIFA 22 and beyond. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having us, Mike. Thank you very much, Adam. Pleasure, dudes. Thanks. A massive thanks to you guys for listening to this episode of the Savage Situation podcast. It's been so much fun. Uh, do as well. Make sure to check out the YouTube videos. Mentioned this at the beginning. We have all these videos of the, the episodes on YouTube. We also have as well highlight clips. So make sure to check it all out. Savage Situation podcast. You can find us on Twitter, on Instagram. You know, we want to grow this community as big as we can. And you guys have been so supportive so far and it's going to get bigger, better, faster, stronger. Thanks so much for listening. Take care and we'll see you next week. That's right, on the next one. Take care for now. Thank you and bye-bye.